Hey, this is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim I and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. Let me uh, start off. I'm going to teach this morning. So if you want to whip out your notebooks, your notepads or your iPads and phones and you want to take screenshots, you're most welcome to do that. I am putting on my teaching cap. Is that all right? So this morning we are going to teach. There are two types, two people that are, have affected our thinking in the world. Uh, number one, Greeks. The Greeks, when they were a superpower, we had a person called Plato. He started to teach and the world quickly gravitated to his teaching. He had a student called Socrates and uh, he was then re- uh, taken over by the teachings or that teaching influence a man called Aristotle. Aristotle. These three people affected the, the, the thinking patterns and the Western world adopted their thinking. Let me just say, they believed uh, in, in, in a core of it. They, they said a physical event could not have a spiritual effect. They said there cannot be two worlds in one world. And therefore they said the physical world is paramount. And they, 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 they laughed at things that were spiritual. They laughed at, if you said this person is demon possessed, they laugh at it. And let me say this, that mind continues with liberal thinking, with secularism as we know it today. They laugh at spiritual things. They, they, they say you are crazy because spiritual things don't are not understood by carnal people the carnal man cannot understand spiritual things and so they uh, didn't the greeks could not understand how water baptism can help you acquire spiritual salvation Uh, The ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle said this, the only realities are those that can be observed with the senses and deduced by reason from that of observation. Unless I see it, I will not believe it. That's the Greek, the Greek thinking. However, our Hebrew brothers, they said this, our God who is spirit, made the material world. And so they were saying that if I, they they understood, if I eat of the tree of good and knowledge, I could fall into sin because God told me not to eat from that tree that he created. So they brought the God, the Hebrews brought the God aspect into the the world aspect. The physical and the spiritual are close together. That's why the Hebrews believe that miracles can take place on the earth. The Greeks say you cannot drink bread and wine and be healed. (laughs) But the Christian, the Hebrew thinking is that you can drink the bread I mean, you can drink the wine and eat the bread because you're eating of Christ. Because they connected spirituality to the physical. The, the Hebrew thinking is that you, they believe that you can lay hands on the sick and the sick can be healed. 
there's a spiritual transmission. The, the Hebrew thinking says that you can lay hands on the people and they can receive the Holy Spirit. The Greek says there's no way on the physical world you can receive a spiritual dispensation. For those that are just joining us, uh, what happens, Elijah, Elisha is surrounded with, by the Syrian army and his servant can't understand that they have God fighting for them. So Elisha says to God, open his eyes so that he will see that those that are with us are more than they that are with them. And God opens up his eyes spiritually and he sees it physically. So let's degrease the Christians. There are a number of Christians in, 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 in the church that have this Western thinking and they can't understand some of the spiritual things because they have a Greek mindset. You are so westernized in your thinking that you have not embraced the Hebrew thinking. That's why Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Somebody say, change your mind. Somebody say, change your mind. Somebody say, change your mind. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like to say this, if you are thinking like the Greeks, where you say nothing spiritual can happen in a physical world, I'm coming to show you just now that on the day of Pentecost, if you are blocked to that, you, have your, you are in the upper room, but you have shut the door. The Holy Spirit can't come into your life because you are too Greek in a Hebrew world. You need to be degreased. Don't know if that makes sense, because we are the, the 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 there are people in the church that have this Greek philosophy. You are, and sometimes intellect is good, but intellectual is is not too good for spiritual. Where you overthink it intellectually, that's why you are poor spiritually. <laughs> you can be rich intellectually. But spiritual, because your, your intellect has closed the door to your spirituality. Have you seen some people that are, they overthink it and they want to make sense of everything. And because it doesn't add up, they are not open to the spiritual world, the spiritual dimension. Getting quiet in this church. Now, let me talk about the spiritual world for a moment. Luke chapter 11, verse 24 and 26. You can read it when you go home. But it speaks about when, you, when you're casting out a demon. When you cast out a demon, that demon goes out of the body. But it is only legal and recognized when it, it is in a body. That's why... You must be very sensitive or closed in the spiritual dimension. Don't open yourself to demonic possession because demons are looking for possession. And that's why when the madman of Gadara, when they couldn't have a body, they preferred the bodies of pigs. So spirits are legal inside of bodies. I call it embodiment. Will you say that? Embodiment. That's why if you are sleeping uh, in, a, in, a, in a sick bed in a hospital, 
cover yourself with the blood of Jesus because if there's death in that ward, when the, when the, when the body dies, that spirit wants to hop. And so it will look for embodiment. That's why sometimes you can go into a place, a hospital, um, not very sick and come out deadly sick. Uh, You've got you to undergird yourself. Communion is very important. The blood of Jesus is very important. The fire of the Holy Spirit. You've got to ring fence yourself. Uh, I know that you went in for a medical checkup, but don't come out with a spiritual faultiness. <laughs> There is medical challenges. I don't disagree with that. But there's also at that that space, there could be. Now, bodies. The spirit is looking for embodiment. It says, when the spirit goes out of a man, it will come back to its address. And if that place is not filled with another spirit, then it goes and brings seven of his friends. And the, the, the person that you did the deliverance on is is worse, seven times worse because the spirit came back and found that it is, the body is empty. That's why when you do deliverance, you've got to fill it. If you exercise or you got rid of that spirit through deliverance, there needs to be a net infilling of the Holy Spirit into that body. I'm taking you somewhere now. So, if you reap, you, you got rid of the evil spirit you got to fill it up with the, I can't hear you. You got to fill it up with the, I can't hear you. You got to fill it up with the, oh, so you agree that there is a Holy Spirit. Ah, you are degreased already. Because the Hebrews would believe that there is a spiritual world, even though you exist in a physical world. And so that point should prove to you that there is a spiritual world inside the reality of a physical world. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter number 16 verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart... He says, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. Send who? Send who? The Holy Spirit. Now, I said this to you last week, that Jesus Christ came in person. So when we believe the Father sent Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came to, 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 to fulfill a salvation plan where he had to be a lamb and his blood had to be shed. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. So you have to believe in Jesus Christ, who is then going to go to the Father, and they are going to then release the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go into last week's teaching, but we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Spoke about tag, plain tag with my grandchildren last week. How you, they can't move unless they are touched. So the father sent the son. The son comes, finishes his assignment. He goes back and he touches the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is released to come onto the earth. Right? So we have this, you, in, in, in salvation... 
you you got to believe in Jesus Christ to receive the holy spirit there's a scripture that says the world cannot receive am i on the next one then peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the for the what for the remission of sins and then you shall receive the holy ghost believing is not the same as receiving listen to me family when you believe in Jesus that's your salvation and the church has focused a lot on this evangelism plan where you believe in Jesus and we left you there my apologies we're supposed to make disciples we're supposed to tell you that there is the third person of the holy spirit who will be poured out and you will receive him so there's believing which is your salvation plan and and when you believe him that means you recognize him and when the world recognizes him then the holy spirit comes to you every now and then i watch parliamentary channel on 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 tv and you it's 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 the best comedy for free on tv the south african parliament and they will stand up and he'll shout hey mr chairman why do we why 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 then the chairman will say i have not recognized you sit down he say ah oh, but how you recognizing him you not recognizing me he say i have not recognized you i will switch your mic off sit down then they go on still not comprehending anything because you put them in parliament <laughs> the next time please put some intellect some people who have intellect who cannot steal your money think about it don't be all emotional about it they steal in your money and you live in a bad we living under squalor and the next time you still cast your vote Oh, let's go back to the Holy Ghost. The point is that he said, "I'm not recognizing you. You cannot speak. The Holy Spirit will never speak to you if you never recognize it." That's what I'm trying to show you. There must be recognition. So there's this thing about you receive Jesus, you you repent with God the Father, you believe in Christ, and you receive the Holy Spirit. Let me say, I took that's a teaching two weeks ago. With God the Father, we were separated. To come back to Him, you got to repent with the Father. You got to believe in the Son, and you got to receive the Holy Ghost. Will you say that? Repent, believe, believe receive. receive. Say it again. Repent, believe, believe receive. receive. How do I believe in Jesus Christ? How do I accept Him? There's three words I want to say. C R I. Cry. Confess your sins. repent of your sins and invite him into your life cry confess repent invite confess repent invite all right now the worst thing to do as a church is to get you saved and then leave you to get you believing but not get you receiving The worst thing the church is doing is to cast out the spirit but not get the spirit 
into you. Are you with me? The worst thing you can do is believe, accept Jesus Christ and wait for Jesus Christ to come again. In between waiting, what are you doing? The middle place, the worst thing to be is, listen, when you receive Jesus Christ, you say, I, you go through water baptism. And, and, and after you come out of the water, then what? You say, well, I received Jesus Christ. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't womanize. I don't do drugs. I don't steal. I know that you don't do all of that, but what do you do? In place of all of that, how much of golf can you play, Nevlin? And so, uh, when you, after you receive Jesus Christ, uh, life becomes very boring. If all you did was give your life to Jesus. Life becomes very empty. If all you did was give your life to Jesus. So, it's the same thing as you, you, you evicted the spirit. But what spirit came into you? Now you need the excitement God knows that, Jesus knows that as well. And so he said, I will send you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so, if, if you inside of a, of a boring status, you give your life to Jesus. But there's nothing more exciting. Now, how can life become exciting? You see... I told you last week, worship and word, worship and word, if you've got the combination of the spirit on it, worship becomes really exciting. You, you want to worship God. That's why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of God. Because like, you know, you can see guys that are, that are filled with the spirit today and say, make, make some room for me here because I want to worship this God. Worship has a new experience. It has a new dimension. It, uh, the word, you'll, you become hungry. When you get the Holy Ghost, you want to go deeper. You, want, you don't want Sunday school stories. You come to church with a submarine and you want to go deep down. You know, we used to sing a song, everybody go deep, deep, down, down, deep down in my soul. Everybody go deep, deep, down, down, deep down in my soul. And I used to go, I know you can do it. Everybody go deep, deep, down, down, deep down in my soul. Everybody go. Now, you can see those that got arthritis and those that got the spirit. You know, and then we, we used to go, everybody go deep, deep, down, down, deep down in my soul. Everybody go. The songs come alive. When you got the Holy Ghost, the word, when the word comes alive, you say, ah, I didn't see that. The Holy Spirit, when you're sitting there, the Holy Spirit starts to preach before the preacher man. And, and you start to connect dots. I don't know whether that happens to you. The Holy Ghost is, is a person, man. It's a person. And you know when you get the Holy Ghost. Two things Two baptisms you must know that you have. When you get saved, you have water baptism. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. They, there's, there's an outward sign of an inward experience. 
When you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, you will have water baptism. Now, there's a date to it. When you get baptized, uh, now I don't know for some reason, uh, I forgot the date I got baptized. I think I was very young, maybe about 18 years of age. But I do remember the date I got filled with the Holy Spirit. That's evidence because I started to speak in, in tongues. It was the 26th of October, 1991. My daughter was born in 1992. You see how filled with the Holy Spirit I got. Nonetheless, I remember the 10th of October. It was a holiday. 10th of October used to be a holiday. Kruger's Day. In the morning, somebody was, the, the burglars were trying to come into my house. So I heard the guy and I shot him. For 10 days, I went into a depression. I was so, I was so, I felt like if the ground could open up and swallow me, I would be happy. My life was, was turned around. I was sad. The church that I was in organized a spiritual camp. And uh, on that day, I remember we went on a Friday, but 26 must have been on a Saturday. Because Dr. James Sicola was there. He's preaching about how the Holy Ghost is and how, how it will come upon you and, and all of that. You know, when you're in a place of nowhere, your heart becomes open to the things of God. And that day I was... I just was so, I said, God, if, they, if you are real, fill me up. I want this. I, I need something to fill me up. I need some excitement in my, I need to overcome this depression that I'm feeling. And you know, I think because I was so open, I wasn't intellectual, but I was so spiritual. That's what I'm trying to show. I was heightened all of my, 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 uh, the, the senses on my, on my sensory skin was so open to the Holy Ghost even before the past could come to me I think I was on the ground I told you last week I felt like somebody I felt like he hit me something hit me and I was on the ground and I started to speak in the Holy Ghost you know from that time that day my life has never been the same the depression the worry, all of that. I've had, I've had more highs than lows. And in the days that I was low, I'll go to the Holy Ghost and say, the same day, the same way you picked me up on the 26th, I need you to pick me up. I could not sing. If I sang a song, Leanne, I started like three notes higher my timing used to be off. But when I came back after the filling of the Holy Spirit, they made me the lead convener in the church. I was singing like an angel. When I took the mic, the Holy Ghost used to flow in that place. We had nine conveners, but they, people never used to come to church if they knew other people and the conveners were convening. But if they, I was a crowd puller, when I sing, 
The, the people used to ask the pastor, who's convenient? And if they said, Vernon is convenient, the church used to be full. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. Because you yourself will know it. Some, if your mother told you you can sing and that's the only person that's telling you that you can sing, you know you can't sing. <laughs> Don't believe anything your mother encourages you with. Alright? Let the people say, listen, you, you're a good preacher, you're a good singer and all of that. But what I'm trying to show you is God took somebody who had no gift in it but when you put the Holy Spirit on something that has no gift now the, that was just an introduction to my sermon the real part starts in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Somebody say unity. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Family of God, listen to me. The Holy Spirit, listen to me. The Holy Spirit will never move in a place where there is no unity. There has to, unity is a precondition for the Holy Spirit to move in. Psalm 133 speaks about where there is unity, God commands his blessing. Now, because these people were in the upper room and they were united in purpose, united in vision, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came to this place. I want to say this, unity is something you feel when it is present. You know that there is unity when unity is there. And you know, have you ever entered into a place that was so, the, the, the atmosphere was so thick that there was so much of discord that you, you feel, I've got to leave this place because you, you just know that there is division in this place. God commands, the Holy Spirit never, come, that never comes in a place where there is chaos. Two things are needed, order and unity. Say that with me, order and unity. Order and unity. I said to the morning service, and let me say this again, you always see the, the, the Holy Spirit represented as a dove. You'll see it also as fire, but in many cases when the Holy Spirit comes, it comes like a dove. The dove is unlike an eagle. An eagle is boisterous, but a dove is gentle. A dove will never settle in a place. Now, let, let me ask you to take this home. You take the dove home with you. And when the dove comes into your home, you place the dove in your room of conversation. Will the dove stay there or will the dove fly away? Because doves are intimidated by noise. Doves are intimidated if you quickly move towards a dove. It, it will fly away. You can't move. You've got to move gentle. 
We used to sing a song. The Holy Spirit, like a gentle dove, descending down upon you. It's a gentle dove. It's the Holy Spirit in this place. When you sing like that, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, he touched me by his grace. From the high, high mountain to the low, low valley, it's the Holy Spirit in this place. Can you feel his spirit? And it's the Holy Spirit in my life. Jesus, he touched me by his grace. From the high, high mountain to the low, low valley, it's the Holy Spirit in this place. And from the high, high mountain to the low, low valley, it's the Holy Spirit in this place. I'm, I'm trying to demonstrate to you two things. That the Holy Spirit, like a gentle dove, loves peace. The next time your husband raises his voice to you, you can use my line and say, you are chasing the dove from our house. And vice versa, because some of the ladies can also shout. The next time they raise their voice, say, pastor said that you are sending the dove away and you are inviting crows into our space. Your own acid test is, will the dove be comfortable in the atmosphere that I am creating? That's an acid test for your own. To, to, is my behavior conducive for the dove to settle in? That speaks about peace. Let me speak about order. Some of your homes is in such chaotic stage that the dove will not want to fly into your space. Just think of some of your homes. When you go home today, you'll think you had a break-in and there was a burglary in your house. I'm just... Did you dress your bed this morning? The sink, is it clean or is there clutter? Is the, is, are the cups from, from Friday's breakfast still in the sink? today because the Holy Spirit loves order the world says it like this cleanliness is next to godliness you want the Holy Spirit not only in your lives some people I, I, I must admit the Holy Spirit will be richly on your lives but poorly in your homes You say, what are you talking about? Some of you can really dress up. Some of you can smell real good. But what you leave behind at home 
is a tornado. Have, have you seen people like that? Man, you'll never match their, them to that house. <laughs> oh, me, somebody come get me now. <laughs> Because I'm preaching order in the house. You are so orderly on your person. But so disorderly in your house. I've learned that order. Attracts God's presence. Some of you. That's why the church. This church. And listen to me. If you cater for law, lawlessness. You will attract lawless people. Let me say that again. If you can't stand order, then you must go to a disorderly place. But if you cater for lawful people, you will attract, people will love the law that you are catering for. The only people that will be upset with your lawfulness is unlawful people. Hmm. So don't get upset with the, with the order we're creating. And that's why you, you, order is the attraction for that Holy Spirit. So up your game. Because you want to be the carrier of God's presence. Am I not right? Uh, getting quiet in this church. Let me say this about unity. I said it in the first service. Let me say it. You see, in our, in our leadership meeting, I prefer to have unity. So you've got to attract people with, with the right, with the same mindset, number one. Two, don't put unnecessary, don't make the numbers unnecessary. Don't appoint unnecessary. You, you, you want too big a number, then you create too much of... He has, wants to have a say. She wants to have a say. Uh, then he's, she'll say, what he's trying to say, pastor, as if he can't speak. Now you've got to be an interpreter in mouthpiece for what he's trying to say. You, you understand? So order. Order creates a platform for the dove to settle. i got an hour left. Let me talk about the sound. In the Old Testament, the priest will have to go into the holy place or the most holy place, place the blood. And when, when, when the blood is on the mercy seat and God is happy, he forgives the sins of the people. But to go there, the priest will have to wear his normal gown, his ephod, and the ephod will have bells to it. And pomegranates to the, to the bottom of his. So when he's walking in towards the most holy place. He has to come into the holy place. Take off his clothes. And put on white linen clothes. Why white linen clothes? White purity. Linen is, it doesn't allow you to sweat. Because you cannot go into God's rest sweating. You can't work up God. Are you with me? So he has to come into the holy place, take out his garments. But when he comes into the holy place, he's got the bells and it chimes. When he's moving, you can hear a sound. That means he's alive. 
they used to tie a rope to his feet, his ankles. So if he's not accepted, if the blood is not accepted or he has sin in his life, God will strike him and he will die in the holy of holies. That means if they don't hear the bells, they'll pull him out with a rope because nobody can go into the most holy place. So he goes there and he comes out into the holy place, puts on his clothes again. When he puts on his clothes, they can hear that the bells are ringing. There's a sound. There's a sound. Ladies and gentlemen, the sound on the day of Pentecost is not to make a sound for nothing. But the sound represents that Jesus, our high priest, went into the holy place. He takes the blood and puts it on the mercy seat. God accepts him as our mediator, accepts Christ, accepts Christ's blood. And Jesus said, if it's accepted, then you will hear. They will, I will send you the Holy Spirit. The sound in Acts chapter 2 is the same sound that will remind us of three things. That our high priest is not dead. Jesus Christ is not dead. Number two, our, his blood is accepted in heaven by the Father. And number three, that we have been reinstated in a relationship with God. It's called at one mint, atonement, at one mint, atonement. You've got to catch that. How do we know that that sound is, is, uh, is an acceptable sound? Because whenever the Holy Spirit is poured out again, you don't hear the same sound in this event. So every time the Holy Spirit comes, you don't hear the sound, but you heard it in Acts chapter 2. The sound is to remind you that the blood is acceptable and that Jesus Christ is your high priest. And it's a reminder to say that the relationship between you and God is already. And he sends the Holy Ghost to you. That's the sound of the Holy Spirit. You can stand right now. If you receive something, say amen. Language, language of the Spirit. And they all began to speak in other tongues. I said to the earlier service, the other tongues, I like to use the word in this instance, Arthur, and they all began to speak in other languages. Languages known to people on the earth. And so, these tongues could, could have heavenly sound, but it also could have earthly sound. Ah... Uh, there was one Pakistani man got saved in a Christian church because he heard the, a person speak in Urdu. And, and, and they asked the Pakistani man, how, how are you giving your life to Jesus? He said, that, I heard this man. He spoke in my language. So he was speaking, but he spoke fluently in Urdu. So... It's, it's also earthly languages that you could be praying. Unless people pray on earth, God can't move in the heavens. And so the language that you pray in your prayer time, you could be speaking in a, in a foreign language. Those of you who wanted to speak French, and now is a good time to speak in tongues. <laughs> you never know 
that God will use or put the spirit of here's a good thing about being able to speak in another language though your mind is blank the spirit helps you to pray so you go shanda kuna masiata la brande ne kura maskete la ayanda raboko ye yekola manda akushkata kikirianda rokokola mbresta kaya hai la brando like you're speaking from Nebraska. And, and as you speak, you'll become more fluent. I said this earlier, don't despise speaking. The, oh, the Bible says don't convert another man's car. Don't convert another man's house. But it does say convert the gifts. There's one thing that you should be covetous about is desire to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convert the gifts. Now, when you filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever is in you will flow out of you. If you are filled with with joy, you'll speak joyful. You'll want to laugh. I'm just talking about experiences, and the experiences here is very much like water. The verbs used is for, and he poured out his spirit. There was an infilling of his spirit. There was a um, give me some of my, my. They were plunged into. They were sealed. They were anointed by the Spirit. The Spirit looks like it's like liquid. As if it's going to be poured out on you. It's like, and whenever it's poured into you, the Bible says um, in seven John 7 verse 38, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So, Craig was saying to me on Wednesday, he, he couldn't sleep and he just felt like laughing. All night, he feels like laughing. So he was feeling joy. And Tishanti said the same thing on Thursday morning. She was just feeling like laughing. Now she doesn't, she said, am I crazy? When the Holy Spirit comes on you, it makes you look crazy, feel crazy, but it gives you a joy. Out of your fill comes an overflow you should say you should shout amen all right so there's variety of phrases indicating the holy spirit there's a variety of experiences and so now in the old testament god used to visit moses there was visitations of the spirit visited elijah visited elijah elisha but in the New Testament, after Acts chapter 2, there's not just visitations, but there's an indwelling. So the, the Holy Spirit indwells. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and visit you as a guest, but lives on the inside of you. Now, I don't know after this, if you want to go home the same way, or you just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how heightened your senses are, but for the past six or seven weeks, I've been talking about fire, fire, fire. It should have affected your life by now that I want this fire. I want this anointing. I want the spirit. And you know what? If you ask God, God will give it to you. If it was not COVID, I would call you and I would, Lay my hands on you. But I do believe that the hand of God is a greater one than my hand. 
the, the big thing is, how about you? Are you open to it? Or do you want to pass this year and maybe take it next year? It all depends on the person. How thirsty are you for the Holy Spirit? With every head bowed. If you want the Holy Spirit, maybe you received it. Pentecost is not a once-off day. Can be and constant oil leaks, so it needs to be refilled. The other day, I drove into the garage, and my light came on. The oil light came on. The car took three pints of oil because I neglected to check it up. Took three. I was amazed. Today your light came on. In the service, your light came on. Maybe you want the Holy Spirit. Speak to your attendant this morning. Speak to the attendant this morning. Say, God, fill me up.